0: As he sipped single malt whiskey in the booth at the bar, Kafuku came to one conclusion. Takatsuki was still deeply attached to his wife. He had not yet grasped the immutable fact of her death, that the flesh he had known had become a pile of charred bone and ash. Kafuku could understand the way he felt. When Takatsuki's eyes grew misty recalling her, he wanted to reach out to console him. The man was quite incapable of hiding his emotions. Fuku sensed that he could trip him up with a trick question if he so chose, induce him to confess everything.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Lit to Lens podcast, a safe place for folks who like the movie more than the book. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday, December 19th, 2021. Today we are discussing Drive My Car. With me to talk about the adaptation is the melancholic, car-driving, and Hyundai owner himself, Mr. Eric, say hello to the people eat.
0: Hello, people. Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a red Hyundai. What's more like maroon? Or was, when it still had like its full coat of paint on it. Yeah. Now the paint is like really really peeled off real
1: rusted out a little
0: bit yeah you know it's from 2004 so it's seen better days yeah when it goes over 60 it likes to rattle a little bit
1: oh that's not good
0: yeah i'd much rather have a, a Saab 900
1: would you i think,
0: I think so. we all would i think feel so. like yeah a nice I think, little bright red Saab.
1: i think i know a place where we could get you one let's do it <laughs> we're just the hot wire one today yeah we should um so hello everyone and we are back uh and today we're talking about a hiroki murakami adaptation uh so the short story called drive my car uh was written in a short story collection called men without women by haruki murakami um which was published originally in japanese in 2014 and then in english in 2017 um and it was also included in barack obama's best books list of 2019 which seems odd because it was published in 2017
0: but maybe he didn't get around to it yeah he's like this is these are the best books i personally read in 2019 which seems odd but yeah. He, I wonder how many books he reads per year now that he's, like...
1: Retired. Retired, well, basically. Yeah. I'm sure Probably
0: he, a lot. like, still studies briefings or all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. like, so much downtime.
1: As I read, or, I mean, uh, I watched a documentary about, uh, or with Bill Gates, and he, like, would go off on vacation for, like, months at a time just to read a reading vacation yeah like he literally like had this house and he would just read there like buy all the best books of the year and like read like 50 books or whatever was in a couple months or something yeah i know that
0: um when obama puts out his like year-end best list it's like a huge
1: boon for like booksellers and stuff because they're like oh thank god i wonder if he's trying to get like the oprah thing right if you're on oprah's best book like it's got that little stamp of approval kind of on the cover
0: i saw his list um for this year and it's all like it's a lot of like major releases. Mm, I feel like very you, mainstream. a guy like that. Yeah. Like you could, if you, if you just picked a random book, like you could change that person's life. Definitely. Like, right. Like, yeah. If, I mean, you, you know, you, you'd want him to like the book. Of course. Not just Like <laughs> pick a random author, but like, yeah. You imagine that it's like this one book has like a thousand printed copies. And then former president Barack Obama is like, you know what? This is one of my favorite books. It's kind of a weird like, power loads
1: to hold over people.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Oprah book club, reese's book club
1: yeah oh yeah yeah those are yeah. those are big powerful forces oh jeez, yeah man yeah. um and then the movie which premiered at the 2021 can or is it con i think it's con con film festival
0: i think it's can no it is can it is
1: can okay yeah. well excuse me can film festival um where it was in competition for the palm d'Or, which is their like best film of the of the festival award and then actually won the award for best screenplay um directed by Reese. Ryosuke Hamaguchi, a uh, screenplay by the same individual, as well as Takamasa or Takamase Oe. And then starring H- Hidetoshi Nishijima, Toko Miura, Masaki Okada, and Reika K- Kirishima. So apologies if I butchered all that, but I did my best. And then Rotten Tomatoes, 100%. Wow. Below 100. And then Metacritic 90, so also very good. Wow. Yeah, so.
0: This is our second Murakami right Second after, mark uh, after burning burning mm-hmm. which if you haven't listened to that episode check that out
1: definitely check it out that
0: was on our year end best lists from it last was year. yeah was that last year i think it
1: might have been last year i think it was yeah um jesus it's been a long time time goes <laughs> <laughs> um so let's get into it what's a little recap of the story yeah so the short
0: story drive my car tells the tale of a theater actor named kafuku one day he gets into a drunk driving accident and loses his ability to drive like he's legally not allowed to drive Um, His theater pays for him to have a driver, a 24-year-old named Misaki, who ferries him to and from his rehearsals and shows for the Chekhov play Uncle Vanya. At first, the two don't speak much, but over time, they feel more comfortable about sharing their past traumas. Um, Conversations about driving, about sex, and about the unknowability of women feature prominently. They are unknowable. You know, you could ask them about themselves, but instead, it's more fun to just... (laughs) think oh man <laughs> try to figure it out
1: for your entire life
0: yeah it's uh you know everyone says like what's the what the dog do but no one asks how the dog do that's <laughs> that's kind of the important the, the that's kind of this story is that what they asked
1: yes i've never heard that but i like it so well, we're gonna roll with it okay eric have you ever played this game called two truths one lie yes okay do you know how three statements
0: two are accurate one is false Correct.
1: Okay. Are you ready for number one? Yeah, hit me. The film was originally supposed to be set in South Korea, but was moved to Japan due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Number two, uh, the director Hamaguchi and the screenwriter Oe are the first Japanese to win the Best Screenplay Award at the Cannes Film Festival. And then number three, Murakami reportedly despised Hamaguchi's adaptation and said that this adaptation of his work will be the last to be made with his permission
0: wow interesting i kind of like the idea that three is true because as we'll get into pretty different um although like spiritually maybe they share some some like framing and dna um that's kind of funny that he's like oh what'd you guys do to this you ruined it Mm -hmm. fuck you (laughs) um so i'm gonna i'm gonna mark that one down as true it, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't really make sense to me that this would be filmed in South Korea because it is like Japanese and it's all meant to be Japanese and Murakami is a Japanese writer and all this stuff. I may, I mean, it could just be like you know you we shoot in Vancouver and pretend it's hungry. so that could be a thing. Um, but I'm gonna say that one's a lie. I'm gonna say it was not meant to shoot in South Korea. Final answer. Final answer. You are
1: incorrect. Dang um the lie was actually the Murakami disliked or despised um he did not say that he actually is quoted to say I was drawn in from beginning to end I think that this alone is a wonderful feat
0: I feel like it's so, okay that's fair I feel like if you're a writer like that you just got to be like generous unless they like really really mess it up like who cares yeah no one's gonna watch this movie and be like oh well, that Murakami sucks it's not like that's not him right yeah and it's only good for his work probably right like people yeah. will see this and be like oh well, i should i should know he's, what it's based on yeah right exactly and then you can't just find the short story online you gotta buy the book and that's 12 dollars to yeah that's Mr. a
1: lot of it goes to his publishers you know but some of it goes a lot to of it. it goes
0: to his vinyl record collection <laughs> yeah probably um his shirts you know he's like a he loves to wear like graphic tees and he's got a yeah yeah a graphic tee brand did you know he has a graphic tee brand that's offered through uniqlo
1: no but i feel like i should know this there
0: you go i'm gonna look this up later yeah oh my god that's amazing yeah he he always wears like graphic tees so i think it was that's cool easy crossover for him
1: very cool yeah um good little tidbit there that could have been a fucking two truths i don't know why i know that but uh, we came out with he there was a book that recently came out about his like shirt collection that i don't know if he wrote within tandem with somebody i'm pretty sure yeah Maybe that's why um Yeah, so he was originally surprised that it was being adapted because it's such a short, short story. It's forty pages, um, but said he was pleasantly surprised. Um, So yeah, and then so it was originally supposed to be set in Busan, South Korea, um, but due to the pandemic, moved to Japan. Not really sure why. Hmm. Didn't find any information on why they were originally setting that there.
0: Maybe cheaper, or maybe that's where the theater. Because in the store, in the movie, he goes to a like a theater retreat kind of thing and it's not where he lives
1: it's a it's a theater company that's in um hiroshima right um, so he like travels there yeah
0: so maybe he was just traveling to busan and the like the original of yeah. the screenplay or something yeah
1: yeah not really sure why but so that was a true true um and then yeah the second one was that they want the first japanese to win best screenplay at the kind film festival so that's historic in and of itself yeah I feel like
0: that one was like, you know, we we stopped giving awards to white people exclusively like yeah. 3 years ago, and so it's like every single it's like oh, we're, it's all new. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations yeah. to us. Yeah, we, we did it. We, we figured out the that there's other it. people making movies besides white
1: people. It's a big step for us Great as job, a team. as a race. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, so well done. Well, actually not well done because you didn't do well, but um you tried and that's the most important thing. So I get a ribbon for that. Yeah, we'll get you (laughs) one, And we will be right back. This is a brief word from our sponsor.
0: This episode of the Little Lens podcast is brought to you by Saab. Do you have a DUI? Do you need a quote-unquote plain-looking Japanese woman to drive you to and from your theater rehearsals? Are you too cheap to pay for normal therapy to unpack your wife's infidelity? Choose Saab, the only car brand meant to do more.
1: Saab. And we're back. Thank you from that brief word from Saab. Uh, who is a new partner with us? Um, they used to be a big car maker, uh, and they went out of business, unfortunately. But you know, they reached out. They're you know doing their comeback tour like Nicolas Cage, and um, you know they want us to sort of prop them up, you know, bring them back into the car making business. And we have a lot of listeners who are car makers. So it's mostly
0: car making. <laughs> we mostly have a car making audience. Their yeah. f- step one was to get in a Japanese movie. Of course. Um, step two is to have a creative partnership with the only podcast that talks about Sobs.
1: Yep. <laughs> we so. are. We are officially <laughs> the only podcast that talks about Sobs. So, yeah. So, uh, shout out to Sob. And hopefully, we're looking to a beautiful and long-lasting partnership with them.
0: Yeah. If you want to send us swag, uh, we'll we'll accept it as yeah, well. Yeah, we definitely will. So. Absolutely.
1: Um, Eric, I feel like we should talk about the literature.
0: Yes. Which includes Sobs. It, a it yellow does. Sob, not a red Sob. A little different. Sob, but yep. a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So let's first talk about like why we would adapt something like this to a yes. movie, right? Because it's kind of an interesting question. I mean, you mentioned in our in in the game that like it's a 40-page short story and he was a little supr- Murakami the writer was a little mm-hmm. surprised that they decided to make this into a movie. And you can kind of understand that because it is like a fairly conversational driven story yes um not a lot happens physically Mm -hmm. there is a couple of car rides mostly it's it's told in conversation and there is one flashback or like a a, there's a flashback section where um the main character talks about like his wife's one of his wife's lovers Mm -hmm. but like really that's it um so when when you think about like adapting something like that I think probably you have to look and see like what are there bones in here that mm-hmm. you can work around. Right. And for me, I think what's what's kind of interesting is some of the like parallels drawn between some of the characters. Well, first of all, like I think it's kind of interesting the idea of a man grieving the loss of his wife and to a lesser extent like his not quite stillborn child, but Mm -hmm. like a child was born with a heart defect and was alive for like three or four days. Mm -hmm. And that child would have grown up to be the same age as this driver he has Mm -hmm. is. So there's like something interesting about like running parallel, like familial parallels between man, wife, and then this woman driver. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's also, there's a little bit of like driving Mr. Daisy in this too, where it's like a, a, a slow drip of information between two characters who are fairly quiet and fairly like non communicative at first. Um, and then we sort of like introduce a shared trauma. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you know, we all bond because of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, that is an interesting setup. Definitely an interesting setup, interesting story um, and an interesting way to sort of, uh, for the main character to express grief um, with somebody he doesn't really know that well, right? So that's interesting, and in that he's looking for somebody to, you know, express these feelings and express the story with somebody. Um, I think they mentioned in the story that he doesn't have any friends, um, and that that's probably part of the reason why he's doing that.
0: His wife was his only friend,
1: right? Yeah, right. Um, so. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting story, but yeah, it doesn't really lend itself to a visual medium, right? It's sort of these are conversations. Yeah, not a lot is happening. They're sitting in car in a car, right? And you have a flashback scene where they're at a bar, you know, talking and stuff. But yeah, it's not like there there aren't really stakes, or high stakes at least, really, right?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a meditation on grief Mm -hmm. and like how it. I mean, it's kind of like a therapeutic therapy Mm -hmm. i mean it is like a a therapy movie in a sense Mm -hmm. where it's somebody working through something with by like bringing in new people into his life yeah kind of thing Mm -hmm. so it's like a a person who's been crushed like finally re not quite like reopening to the world but like letting people in Mm -hmm. and by doing so understanding what he's processing yeah helping him process what happened
1: it's interesting you say it's a therapy or therapy story because that sort of it makes sense. I feel like maybe uh, you know, taxi or Uber drivers nowadays, you know, they probably get people who, especially on long car rides, maybe, or they're drivers for somebody, probably do have to have conversations with people where they are discussing and talking about their issues or problems or whatever's going on in their mind, and they're sort of like, um, uh, like cheap therapists in yeah a sense yeah
0: right dime store therapist
1: yeah exactly yeah exactly so um it's interesting you mentioned that um i agree
0: yeah i think there, there probably is something cinematic about like long car rides mm-hmm. like you know we did solaris last year and that the the, <laughs> the russian version has like a 20 minute car ride it's crazy so I it, maybe there's some filmmaker like want to just like put a camera in a car and just like show some left turns show some like the yeah of a turn signal yeah
1: there is there is something cinematic about filming cars like driving yeah um whether it's like up close and it's fast right um you you can think of like any sort of car commercial um sobs man sobs yeah and and, exactly and uh, or even overhead shots where there are a lot of them like where you get the landscape and everything but um but a, a car is an interesting uh like set or location because it is it sort of forces people to or the characters to internalize right they're they're not doing anything else they have to sort of sit there with their thoughts and either internalize or externalize them um, so it is kind of an interesting place to have a story where a character is almost forced to have a conversation with somebody they don't really know you can't escape right yeah so
0: you can listen to Chekhov's Uncle Vanya on um, cassette plate. Yeah. or on a cassette. Mm-hmm. Cassette tape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so I'm so young I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> uh You yeah. know, what know what a cassette tape is. I know what a cassette tape is. I have an eight I used to have an eight track player. Are you serious? Um yeah, my uncle gave it to me for like Christmas one year.
1: Like recently? Or like, or
0: like... seven, eight years ago. Like Fairly recently.
1: As like a joke? Or yeah. okay.
0: He was just like, This is from my car. You can have it. <laughs> I was like, Cool. Cool. Thanks. Go in the trash. Um and the last thing I wanted to mention about like why adapt it is just the like Murakami of it all. Mm-hmm. Like he's whatever. Like sometimes you it's a brand. Definitely. Right. Definitely. Stephen King. Like you we'll make Stephen King stuff. Yep. That's IP baby.
1: That's true. He is a very popular especially in the US and especially in Japan, uh, very popular best selling yeah. author. So Yeah. And he's
0: got so much stuff that it yeah. almost feels like like the new ip is all of these writers who have audiences and just like reams and reams and reams of work
1: yeah well that goes back to sort of our conversation with um i can't remember her name but she owned this uh the studio the movie studio who would only adapt yes. books right yeah yeah um forgive me for forgetting her name but she was basically saying that um it just sort of makes more sense from a financial perspective to have that because you already have a built-in audience, right? As opposed to just adapting something that's totally random but nobody's ever heard about. It was less likely to, you know, catch with people. If, you're, if you have a Murakami short story, like, that's the reason I looked it up. I heard there was a Murakami adaptation. And I was like, oh, this would be cool to do. And that's essentially probably why we're doing this podcast, yeah. honestly. Yeah, when it has um, great reviews. And it has great reviews as well, yeah, so...
0: Um, you're talking about Lane Schefter Bishop, yes, thank CEO you. of Vast Entertainment. Yeah,
1: how can I forget? That's such a great name. It's such a great name. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, um. So I wanted to ask you as well. So, what parts of the book were you excited to see adapted? Or I'm sorry, the short story.
0: Yeah, I mean this this one was. I mean, the very first paragraph of this story is basically the main character being like, "Damn, women can't drive." Yeah. Um, yes. And. A little bit sexist. Yeah. I wouldn't really call this a very progressive story. So I was interested to see how the movie would handle that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because, mm-hmm. and we'll get into it in a, a little bit later, but I, I would say the story has a interesting relationship to its female characters and just like women in general, because yeah. um, the framing is, is certainly like about the unknowability of his wife. Mm-hmm. And I think quite frankly, just like the idea of women. Mm -hmm. like men not understanding women is kind of like the point of this Mm um i don't know that it's handled like amazingly well
1: yeah it's sort of it's, it's an interesting position to put men versus women in this story because you have him talking about you know uh his like sort of sexist thoughts on women's capabilities of driving uh as well as like his wife's infidelity um but then you also posit that those like thoughts and feelings against a very good female driver who sort of helps him deal with his issues of his wife's infidelity. So it's sort of like uh, a thought on like men sort of just need women regardless of what their thoughts are on women, right? Whether that's right or wrong. Like they sort of need them to sort of whatever, overcome whatever.
0: Yeah. And I would say he, the main character does not recognize that. Although it, I, I think mm-hmm. probably as the reader you get a sense that that's true, mm-hmm. but he, I don't think ever really comes to that realization. No, no I
1: would say he does not. Yeah. Um,
0: but he, yeah, so I, th- I think the movie does a much better job like navigating that sort of thing because I think the movie is still about like the unknowability of his wife. Yeah, for him, mm-hmm. but it it does. I think it tackles it in a much more interesting way. Definitely. Um, second thing is just like, is there a deeper relationship between? Uh, Kafuku and his wife who I, I don't even think is named in the story. Yeah. In the in the short. I don't remember. Um she has a name in the movie because, you know, she's she like, a real character in the movie. Yeah, so it, it kind of shows you her value to the story. Yeah. Um so I was interested to see if they were going to deepen that relationship because she dies, she died. spoiler alert. She dies. She's not really in the either story for very long, but her like impact is big. Mm-hmm. Um so it was hoping to see some of that like drawn out a little bit more in the movie.
1: Yeah, that is certainly something um that I was looking forward to as well, to see if they even included her and they certainly did, uh, for a good portion of the first like act of the movie. Um I'm glad they did. I mean it's it's sort of like she's sort of like this I don't wanna say I don't wanna say like a ghost, but sort of this overhanging feeling in the short story. Obviously she's like the focus essentially of the main character uh and her actions stuff like that so
0: agreed yeah anything else that you wanted to
1: um we're interested in i I was interested to see because they didn't the driver didn't really get a lot of play in the short story i mean it was she was just there to sort of um like sort of talk through his issues with um she didn't really have a real role other than that so i was interested to see if they would expand on that or change it um that was sort of yeah my most interesting thing because it's like you're just sort of wasting this character you can't really just do that in a, in a, in movie, a movie especially a three-hour movie yeah <laughs> so
0: that would be really boring yeah. <laughs> yes, it would. it's just like two hours of silent driving and then an hour of actual conversation i don't think people would watch that. that's what that's what men
1: want I, I wonder that is what men want silently fuming in the backseat of a (laughs) sob just fucking cursing yeah um i I was actually i'm interested to like hear how long the original cut was or maybe this is the original cut but i would love to like find that out wherever it is online There's just a lot of sob footage six hours floor (laughs) a lot of like sob b-roll from their commercials that'd be great yeah we'll reach out to the sob execs and see if they can yeah give us information on open that. a line of communication for sure um and then did we like reading it
0: yeah, so I, I would like to hear your opinion but i would this is definitely not my favorite murakami and i haven't read a ton of murakami like i read burning i read wild sheep chase um and that might be the might be it mm-hmm. i did i did buy this collection so oh, i'll did, okay. probably end up reading more of it um but yeah i i I initially a little taken aback by like the women commentary mm-hmm. um and then i i just kind of felt that some of the interesting stuff was a little bit underexplored just like his relationship to his wife and like okay well this is a woman who has slept with a bunch of men during their mm-hmm. marriage um i just felt it was like kind of underexplored I, I was interested in that and it just like we didn't get we didn't get it Mm-hmm. We didn't get enough, yeah. I thought. And that's why I like the movie, because it really goes into that. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It sort of feels like whenever they started trying to talk about like the infidelity and understanding what happened and that kind of stuff, it just kind of stopped. And
1: I wanted to keep going. Agreed. Um, so that's sort of a recurring theme in a lot of his stuff, where it's almost like that's the sort of climax. I don't want to, s- I'm saying it wrong and that's the wrong word to use, but like it, he he does this thing where he sort of, uh, sort of teases you with information and, and the story and narrative where like he'll start to go somewhere and then he'll stop and go somewhere else. Um, And that's sort of a recurring theme across a lot of his work that uh, was familiar when I was reading it. Um, And maybe I didn't like notice it as much, when I was reading it. Cause that's sort of like maybe what I expected. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was, it was a breezy read. It wasn't like too in depth. It wasn't too heady. It was relatively interesting. It, it's definitely not my favorite. Um, like you said, but definitely, I mean, it's only, it's only 40 pages, so you just knock it out in like whatever, less than an hour, but, um, no, it was good. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was typical Murakami where it, it lots of things are unexplored or lots of things are sort of left as they are. And I think that's intentional obviously, but um, sort of a recurring theme in his, in his work.
0: Yeah. I think like one of the things I liked about the movie was that the driver gets more of a history, more of a backstory um, rather yeah. than just being like the age of this man's daughter. Right. Um, there is, there's is more to her trauma. Yeah. And that helps them like sort of level set yeah uh I, yeah i think it's definitely like a, a story where it's about a man like coming to terms with something mm-hmm. which is fine That is just sort of yeah. what it is but i i yeah i, I could have <laughs> been it could have been more well
1: <laughs> could have been like 60 pages yeah and there was anything. there was
0: some good like interesting insights i think yeah. some of his like writing he has a, a bit about like there are two kinds of drunks like someone that like talks and someone that like listens or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some there's some like good Good lines in here, yeah, but, definitely. Um, I don't know, you know, yep,
1: you were left unsatisfied, you wanted more. That's okay, I wanted more,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm not a Murakami head like you, well, you know. know, not yet. <laughs> um, so yeah,
1: yeah, cool. Um, well, let's take a little quick break and we're gonna come back and talk about the movie because there's a lot to unpack, yeah. We will be. 私は 1ヶ月 半の失礼 さん、とても<音楽> <僕の人生と愛はどうしたらいい? 生きていく他ないの。笑> And we are back. Um, So we are going to continue this little trend we got going on here where Eric uh, has his own uh, section where he learns us something.
0: That's right. Uh, This story, I didn't think there was like a whole lot worth teaching Um, because you know it's trash but uh just kidding um I did want to bring up this idea that because Murakami has written so much there is a lot on the internet about shared tropes from his work and I thought it might be interesting to to uncover some stuff that happens in this story that happens a lot in Murakami Mm -hmm. um so the the first thing I wrote down which I, I think is pretty common is like the drinking i feel like people are always drinking they're drinking at bars smoky bars yep and i feel like they're often drinking single malt scotch or single malt whiskeys
1: that or, or beer yeah yep those are like the, the two exclusive options
0: do you think this is like a thing like he's a like an alcoholic in his life where he just or he just has very specific taste where it's like i only know what beer tastes like so i'm only gonna write about beer
1: yeah i think it could be both just like, like i think he i don't think he's an alcoholic because he's a He's like a ultra marathon runner. Like he runs. Yeah, that was a joke. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess not really. Sorry. <laughs> how, would, how, how would you know? It wasn't really funny. Um. Yeah, you should be funnier next time you tell jokes. Sorry. That way, I get it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Um, they're always drinking. Uh, not always, but like his first novel is about uh two characters of who drinking like literally all the time. It's set in a bar. Um, so yes, that is accurate. And they, I think, both the characters are drinking single malt whiskey or at least some sort of high-end whiskey
0: yeah i suppose a bar is a, is a good venue for a conversation and alcohol is a good like lubricant for yeah. talking about stuff that maybe you wouldn't talk about when you're sober mm-hmm. so as far as like writerly tricks it's a pretty common but also like effective way to get a conversation out
1: yeah certainly it's that setting uh certainly lends itself uh favorable to murakami's like style of writing
0: and in Asian cultures, right? Like bars are a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. The um, second one is I think um like jazz mm-hmm. and American classic rock come up a lot. Yeah. And in this story, the character listens to, I think, the Beach Boys and some other like mm-hmm. American bands are mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think jazz is mentioned, but definitely like American classic rock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As well as like the Beatles. The Beatles are a big influence on him. Uh, but definitely jazz jazz is a big one he used i think murakami used to actually work in a uh like vinyl record store um as well as maybe a bar and they would always play like jazz and beach boys and uh the beatles and stuff like that so uh there is a scene where um or a couple scenes i think maybe where they're in bars drinking and there's jazz playing in the background um it was a very like classic murakami trope
0: I like it. Yeah, you just need some coffee. It's like a hipster place, you know, definitely. With, like vinyl records playing. There's that's a right. there's a bar actually near us where I I live called B Side in Mosaic District of um, Fairfax that plays vinyl records. Like that's their uh, atmosphere. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't been, but I I want to go. I get
1: it. B Side. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. There. So where is it? It's in it's the in Mosaic. Mosaic yeah. oh, I gotta check that out. Yeah,
0: for all of our Mosaic listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the next one is lots of sex and also weird sex yeah and infidelity mm-hmm. perhaps
1: all of those fit i would say um i mean the, one of the first scene the first scene is them after sex right or dirt yeah like or right before i can't remember I um think both they're, they're I think in bed. probably
0: they like had sex and then they're waking up and having and they have, have, sex, have sex again, again. Yeah. yeah
1: um yeah so that's a, uh, a common theme what um in the Murray novels and Definitely weird sex, or like, not like in a kinky way, but sort of like a more intellectually stimulating way, I guess. Because, like, f- for this novel, I'm sorry, for this film, uh, the female character, the wife, uh, who eventually dies, her, Otto, Otto, or Otto, Otto. Um, she that's like her creative process. Like, yeah. she uh comes up with these stories and like builds upon stories from her from that she's working on during sex. Yeah. And that's actually a key theme that we'll get into later with one of the other characters, um, where that is sort of her express expressive or creative outlet. Um, which is like very, you know, not that I've not that I do that, right? Not that I've heard that before, but it's certainly an interesting um sort of side note for that and certainly fits within the Murakami realm. And definitely infidelity, that is like that's the thing that um is across like multiple novels. So
0: yeah, I feel like infidelity is just common in writing generally. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a
1: good source of tension.
0: Yeah. And another one I outlined here is stories within stories. Ah, um, story inception. Yeah. And so in this particular short, um, he's putting on a play, Chekhov's Uncle Vanya. Vanya, mm-hmm. I haven't read it or seen it, so I don't really know what it's about. And I'm sure there's like thematic relevance to the story itself, but mm-hmm. um, definitely like layers of... It's, it does it like layers into the plot. Mm-hmm. You're not just reading a short story. You have to understand that there's like another story that the characters are dealing with, right. And learning from, and it probably has relevance on the larger short.
1: Yeah, it. And I thought the film did a really, really interesting job with this. Um, it. You're absolutely right. It is a Murakami trope, and I'm sure the trope across many different writers. Um, and it didn't really. I'll say that's the the film sort of went deeper with this trope than the short story did. The short story was just sort of regurgitating um old stories from the past and it wasn't based on Uncle Vanya was not in the short story at all. It was. Uh, or it was? Yeah. It, oh yeah, he met he yeah, he mentioned that he's working on it, but he's not telling that story. Right. as he is in the in the film, sorry. But uh but yeah. So Story Inception.
0: Yeah. So the other couple... Was, I mean, I we had I wrote down here, ambiguous endings, mm-hmm. um, male oh, characters yeah. more passive than female characters. I, you hear, like, the vanishing woman when you look mm. up, like, Murakami tropes.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Which I suppose she vanishes here as well because uh, Oto and she the, does the unnamed wife in the short both die. That's true. Very early on, and that they have true. to deal with her
1: loss. Yeah, Am- ambiguity is a big one. Um, that is, like, sort of... It, it's not like even just the endings it's it's a lot about even like little things that you hear about characters with a lot of it is just left ambiguous and open for interpretation um but certainly endings as well are are thrown in there and then yeah male, male characters are like they're yeah they're just along for the ride they are not
0: i mean literally in this short he's sitting in the back seat
1: of a car while he's being driven around we did that on purpose. So, people. You, so you want a metaphor? You're welcome. There's your fucking metaphor. <laughs> um, yeah they they are not super active in they're you know they are the central character and everything is happening around them but they are not sort of active participants within the narrative um, and it's more usually like the women around them that are more like steering things in whatever direction the story's going. So yeah, definitely definitely fits within the Murakami realm. So. Yeah, well done.
0: Uh, for further context, we'll put up on the Instagram. The New York Times created this like bingo board mm-hmm. of Murakami um, tropes. I guess is the right word for it. So check that out for yeah. for further reference. But we're not
1: gonna credit the New York Times with it. We're gonna pretend like we did it ourselves. Yes. So
0: mm-hmm. you're right. <laughs> Scratch that out. <laughs> bingo that I put together. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so Eric, talking about the film, uh, how would you describe the adaptation? Literal, loose, or reimagined?
0: So. because it's a driving movie i'm gonna say we're at the intersection of loose and reimagined um well done thank you uh (laughs) i created that bingo board by the way um (laughs) i I think it's the bones are there and everything else has like exploded outward yeah um people have motivations characters are much more real like there's there's like four 3d characters in the movie where there's just one Mm -hmm. um in the book how are in the story however I, i do think like the heart of the story and the movie are the same which is um kafuku trying to understand what his wife like who his wife is i think that is the central question in both Mm -hmm. um and in the movie we just kind of go into more depth about like other people know her Mm -hmm. and it's not just like him wondering he gets some answers Mm -hmm. in the movie um so i would say they are very similar, but I I, I would lean towards reimagined a little bit.
1: I would as well. Um, yeah, you, like you said, the bones are certainly there, um, but yeah, it's a totally different story. But I will say, um, the tone of the story is very much uh, in line with the short story. Yeah. So I think in that sense, it's not. It doesn't push into the realm of reimagination. It sort of keeps its, you know, like like you said, keeps its bones
0: yeah i think that's right um that's why. i mean it
1: might be loose it's it's close it's, it's like close yeah was, you put it at the intersection of what sorry loose and reimagined yeah i would i would totally agree with that that's why yeah if it was totally like a different tone i think it would be a totally reimagined story but um yeah definitely loose for sure loose reimagined whatever yeah. yeah it's important <laughs> we get these right yeah so um can we go into some of the big differences
0: Yes. And I feel like this one you might disagree with um, mm-hmm. and we can talk about this, but I wanted to start big and sort of like touched on this before. I, I feel like the the story is a little bit lazy with its approach to women. Um, mm-hmm. I want, I'll read you like the very first part of this story. which oh, yeah. Go is, ahead. You know, based on the many times he had ridden in cars driven by women, Kafuku had reached the conclusion that most female drivers fell into one of two one of two categories. Either they were a little too aggressive or a little too timid luckily and we should all be grateful for this the latter will f- were far more common um there's like the driver misaki is described as being plain mm-hmm. and that is like what he likes about her is that she is not attractive mm-hmm. she's just like a very like ordinarily or- ordinary looking like 24 year old person yeah
1: but then the the um mechanic who's setting it up in the short story says she's not con- the congenial type yeah so she's like quote-unquote combative
0: right um and then i mean at the end there's like a a moment at the end of the short story where he's like oh you're actually not playing at all and now i like you right right right. because you know whatever um and i i think at the heart of it (laughs) so at the heart of the story you know it's about the unknowability of his wife and at the end of the story misaki is just like you know sometimes wives wives cheat you know sometimes women just do that that's how women be and i just it just it, all of it rings like a little bit lazy to me where it's like i think the the question of like who is your wife is interesting mm-hmm. and worth exploring and then they do that and then they just sort of write it off as like eh, i mean you know sometimes women just like fuck around i yeah, don't know what do you want <laughs> um which i i just thought that was like I, I i mean i guess that's an answer but it's not like an interesting answer yeah um there is I think more to the movie I think that central definitely. question is there um, but everyone gets more of a chance to like provide context and input to that question definitely it's not just like him wondering and not getting the answer there are other characters who know his wife who provide insight to like further it mm-hmm. if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah and I think um, you know the short story you know obviously it's only 40 pages and not a lot is sort of delved into um, and yeah I wonder what the purpose of that was like he did not go into these things and everything was sort of relatively ambiguous and sort of generalist at the end like yeah you know sometimes women cheat and or, you know people cheat in general or whatever Um, yeah I, I you know I, I guess that was sort of the intention with that short story but I don't know you know, does that lend lend itself to being a good story and not, you know, that's up for debate, I guess. Yeah.
0: But... I, I, there's, I mean, there's interesting stuff like th- with the glaucoma, like, yeah. you know, he gets in a drunk driving accident, but he also gets diagnosed with a glaucoma, mm-hmm. which is like literally a blind spot yeah, yeah. in your vision. And I'm like, okay, well, here's a metaphor that like his blind spot is, you know, who is my wife? Right, like, yeah, that... right, right, right. Metaphorically is is somewhat interesting. He mm-hmm. like then spells it out very plainly at the end of the story, which I thought was like, okay, we got it. Like, you yeah. don't, oh, I guess my blind spot was her all along. <laughs> like, all right, well, you know, I don't know. I, I just think some stuff in the story was underbaked, and in the mm-hmm. film, they really took an approach that was different and yeah. gave us more.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, I totally agree with this. I think it's certainly a lazy approach to women in the short story, uh, and not really the, the women that are included are not really dynamic and uh, compared to the film which is like totally they go into you know they obviously go into the the driver's past a lot more which is very relevant and interesting to the story but yeah totally agree with this one
0: yeah i think it's probably just the difference between what a short story is capable of and what a movie is capable of yeah they're just two different things a three-hour movie yeah um so the second difference I wanted to put forth it was there's a new there's a different setup yep so in the story as we've mentioned he gets in a drunk driving accident um the theater pays him to get a driver in the movie he um gets in an accident because he can't see all right that's
1: what's like the, he has a glaucoma right he's got the still has a blind spot but it's not because he was
0: drunk yeah um and i thought that was interesting and important i mean it's, it's Ultimately, it's like, how do you get him to be in the backseat of a car with mm-hmm. this woman driving him? Right. But I, I do think, like, in the story, if you position him as a, a drunk and a drunk driver, it's harder to empathize with that kind of person. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, well, who fuck? Who cares it's about like, this guy? Yeah. yeah. And so for the movie, it's like, you know, an easy decision to make to say he can just get in an accident and not be able to drive. And we'll have the theater company pay the, the, the woman to drive him mm-hmm. and not have him be an asshole
1: yeah yeah i I actually much prefer the film version of this because for a number different reasons because of what you said about the drunk driving um right certainly less admirable uh character in the short story and um certainly similar in the respect that he is still sort of an asshole he's very like he's not trying to be an asshole he's just very like short with his words and not very emotional or emotive and
0: yeah, he doesn't try to connect with people.
1: Exactly. Um, but I think the, what I thought the film was clever about doing was like, you know, outline that this is sort of his routine, right? That he listens to this tape and he memorizes these lines and everything is timed perfectly. And this is sort of his, the reason why he's such a great actor and, you know, theater individual in general. Um, and sort of having the theater, the people that are employing him to do this job for him, are sort of taking that away from him, I thought is a really interesting choice. And sort of, obviously, it uh, in- introduces this source of tension, right, immediately. Um, but it sort of seems, you know, the opposite of what the theater company would do, they should want to, like, empower his creative process and empower his the things that he does well and but they're like taking it away from him um it's
0: a little convenient but what do you mean uh, uh, oh well you know the rules say that you can't drive yourself
1: yeah i mean it's
0: it's sort of a weird but it's i mean ultimately i think it's fine
1: yeah it's sort of a weird like setup like oh some actor (laughs) ran over somebody so now we this is our rule kind of thing um but yeah so and I, i you
0: mentioned the theater company in the movie There, they use that as the framing device. Like he is putting on a production of Uncle Vanya. In the in the short story, he's doing that, I guess. But like it in the movie, it it builds to the performance, and so you have this like built in mechanism of you know we know time is going to pass from the start of rehearsals, you know when they figure out who the actors are to day one of the show. Yeah, and it's like you know we talk about like boxing movies, right? Like there's always the final match. Mm -hmm. There's always this like end that has importance and so by framing it like that you know that when we get to curtains up it's going to be important and we're going to like learn what happens right exactly and we're going to grow along the way right uh, whereas in the short story he's just kind of like driving back and forth and then it just kind of ends
1: yeah yeah ambiguous
0: yeah it's true um okay do you, you i mean that's just funny. no
1: i think that's fleshed out
0: the next one i wanted to talk through and i think you know character wise everyone gets a little more to do um is the wife she dies in both um the way she dies is different i think that's ultimately not like super important like she has a cerebral hemorrhage in the movie and she has uterine cancer yeah in the in the story i I mean maybe uterine cancer has a a a tick of relevance because it's like you know they've had problems with birthing a child and Mm. there's probably some unresolved like And she was in familial stuff. Right. And she was. um, um, And that's what kills her kind of thing. Um, But there's in the movie, like she has so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, You talked about like her creative process is Mm -hmm. basically like sleeping with men, not just uh, her husband, but like all these actors. She works. She's also an actor. All these actors Mm -hmm. she works with on her shows who are young or old or whatever they are. Um, and while they're having sex she tells them stories Mm -hmm. and one of the i think early on in the movie while she's having sex with her husband she begins this story about a woman who obsessed with this man like breaks into his house every single day Mm -hmm. and he sort of gets this story like piecemeal over time the husband does he hears about it and every time they have sex it's like furthered yeah yeah it's kind of like interesting where it's like you know, it's her creative process, but it's also like reading a serialized thing where it's like, a go, yeah, we got to have sex to hear about chapter three. Right. right. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. And it's an interesting story that he's like invested in, but mm-hmm. he never gets to the end of it before she dies. Right. And so one of the questions is like, how does that story within a story end? Mm-hmm. Um And it, besides just like not knowing why she's sleeping with other men, it's like the question of what happens at the end of this story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot to unpack there, but uh, when we can talk about, uh, I forget the character's name, Sus- Susa- Sutaki. The, the actor. Oh, the actor. Um, who in the film actually tells him the end of the story. Um, so it's sort of a window into her infidelity, basically went up to, all the way up to her death, basically. Because it was the night before where she got to a certain point in the story with her husband and then she died the next day. So it's clear that she was had relations with her, you know, friend actor that next day when he was out at work or wherever it was. Um, and there's this great scene in the car where he's talking with this actor um, and he finds out, Oh my God, he knows the end of the story. So he, the actor sort of explains the end of the story to him, whether it's all true and whether it's all, you know, factual is up for, I would say for debate, whatever. But, um, it's sort of a, it's a great way to sort of posit this creative expression in this woman, but also like have this reveal sort of towards the end of the movie that, oh my God, this, this guy who was just having an affair with her knows the end of the story that we're all kind of invested in. Uh, and sort of, he explains the end of the story, um, which we can get into, but, um, no, the wife was, she had a lot going on. Um, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah.
0: Well, for me, I think one of the interesting things about her is that like, it's sort of plays with our expectations in that he doesn't, you know, by her being like flesh and blood and having relationships with other people, it makes the audience like feel like they understand her a little bit. And then when she dies, and it's revealed that like actually we don't understand her at all. Mm-hmm. There's all these like layers that need to be unpeeled. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh my God, like who is this person? What has she done to other people? Yeah. How does that affect our main character? It's all it's it's much more interesting than she is in, in the story when she's just kind of I mean, really she is kinda of, you mentioned like she's not quite a ghost. She kind of is just a ghost. Yeah. Um, but in this movie, she you can feel her the aftermath of her passing. Like, yeah. More obviously.
1: Yeah. There's actually a really interesting scene that lends it to this, like, you know, theme of her being like a ghost. Um, so in the movie, there's this, the way that their apartment is set up is you walk in and they have this mirror sort of at the other end of the wall that sort of gives a reflection into the other room. Cause there's a wall dividing it. And there's a scene where it's, I think it's the morning that he leaves that Uh, the day that she dies um, where you see her running to say goodbye to him or like I think he forgot something and then you see her reflection in the mirror which is kind of creepy um, in a sense where it's like there are these almost two versions of herself right Um, and when I saw that scene for the second time I saw saw it again on Friday um, because I didn't really understand what the hell I watched the first time But I thought that was a really interesting, like, sort of tell from the director. Like, I want you to think that there are these, like, not two versions necessarily. but Two-faced, two-sided. Yeah, sort of like this other part of her that we don't quite know. Um, Sort of like the infidelity and part. Because that's how he actually catches her as well. In the movie, he sees her through the mirror having sex with the actor friend, um, who I will eventually get his name um taka takatsuki i think that's how you say it um but yeah no she's a really interesting character much more interesting than in the short story and there's obviously there's we could probably do a whole podcast on her (laughs) uh in general but um yeah i like the theme of her being like this ghost figure throughout the movie yeah You,
0: you mentioned uh takatsuki and there is a little bit of a difference in the movie version versus the short story version. In the short story, um there's a flashback to a time when Kafuku is like trying to be his like he he knows this man mm-hmm. was one of his wife's lovers and he wants to uh like find something in this guy's life that he can use to ruin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's like a very like nasty
1: it's a little like, more vengeful
0: yeah thought um and ultimately like nothing really happens he they like become friendly they drink like every yeah. week or so at the same bar and then he just stops returning his calls and the friendship like ends mm-hmm. and that's the, the resolution there um in the movie in the movie it's actually quite a bit more involved um takatsuki is a 20 year old like hot actor mm-hmm. um who has a relationship with a uh not of age
1: yeah woman 40 50 maybe oh no, oh you're younger talking about sorry yeah yeah
0: so in the in the story this this character is like in his 40s mm-hmm. in the movie this character is in his 20s yeah, yeah. and like a hotshot actor who gets involved with an underage uh co-star or he something minor, like that yeah. um it's not really like talked about too much right, yeah um and so instead of being in tv shows and movies he's looking to like rehab his image by taking on a play mm-hmm. that turns out to be uncle vanya yeah yeah um and we know that he's been sleeping with kafuku's wife
1: so we don't so i will say that we don't know that for sure i guess we we do know that eventually
0: but i I guess i suppose you're right like the scene when he walks in on her having sex it's not clear who that that man is we don't see who the face is yeah
1: but i guess it is revealed in the car scene later on when he's telling the story of
0: yeah so I, i suppose i just made the assumption that it was him um and then the point being that, like, well, I guess it's important, actually, if, if you think it's him or not, because ultimately he casts him, uh, Kifuku casts Satsuki as the lead of Uncle Vanya, despite being, like, 40 years too young for the part. Right. And, you know, my first thought was, like, oh, is he just trying to, like, fuck up this play? Is he trying to fuck up this guy's reputation, yeah. which is already kind of ruined? Right. Um, and it just seems like he's not very helpful as a director to this actor. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, he's just trying to, like, really make things difficult yeah um at some point they they do kind of like connect in a, a real way mm-hmm. um and he does give him better acting tips and it's 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 played like somewhat interestingly in that like he has this information you know i know you were sleeping with my wife that mm-hmm. He could lord over him or use for some purpose and he never really kind of plays that card
1: yeah he sort of does in the first bar scene where he says i know that we both love the same woman. Yes. Kind of thing they talk about that a little bit, but, but not it's... like you
0: slept with my wife. I'm yeah. going and your career. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's not really like dived into in that sense, but um
0: but they, they continue to like build a relationship with each other um and it turns out that, you know, the actor is kind of crazy.
1: Yes, he has uh his own faults. He's yeah. a bit of a hothead yeah as i would say
0: and i was trying to think about like the the story as it relates to the movie because in the story he's like looking for his one fault to use against him Mm, and in the movie like does he know that's his fault and does he know ultimately that's gonna like be his downfall like the more often i take this guy out to the bars and get him yeah liquored up like at some point he might do something stupid or
1: it almost seemed like the opposite right like at first he was finding out these things about him and he was he's obviously a very promiscuous guy he ends up ends up like sleeping with one of the actresses who's in the play yeah who she actually seems to be like taking her career very seriously and like wants to do very well and he wants to do well too but it seems like he's sort of either not focused or misguided um and certainly like a uh you know uh, a bit of a hothead when it comes to people taking photos of him yeah. but um yeah he is uh certainly a flawed character. And I think like, I actually do think that he wanted him to sort of succeed. And especially towards the end when he was giving him those tips and like, and you could see when they actually rehearsed the play at the theater, like he was, he actually finally uh congratulated him for doing like a good job. Right. Yeah. And then obviously things changed like the moment after that, but
0: yeah. And it, I think the most important part of uh the Takatsuki's character is, they like they have a long car you mentioned in the car where they that's a long scene actually it is it's like a 30, 30 45
1: minute scene side note i wanted to mention like there are so many monologues like long like drawn out slow monologues in this movie like he has that one there's uh, a few from uh the driver i can't remember yeah name at the moment. uh
0: Mis- Mis- misuki
1: uh yeah yeah that's right misuki and then um yeah anyways but go ahead
0: yeah but they he gets the he has the opportunity and they they actually have the scene where it's like oh you know that story your wife was telling you Imagine yeah and it's like I have the ending yeah um and it's like a really it's it is a great reveal that like okay you know he has been sleeping with his wife and he was sleeping with his wife like the day she died yeah um but also that like that bit of information actually unlocks a knowingness about his wife that he didn't have. And it, the idea is like, okay, my wife was, you know, people are unknowable to people all the time. Yeah. How can you fully know somebody without living inside their head? Whatever. Right. That's a little too like puffing weed for this conversation. <laughs> but like the the idea is not that like she's totally unknowable. Yeah. Like everybody knows her just a little bit differently. Yes. And you can take all those pieces and put them together for a more like fuller picture of who she is. And I think he's recognizing that like, oh shit, like, she he knew her in a way that i never did yeah never could yeah but it's like helping him understand that it's not like a broad unknowability the women are not unknowable mm-hmm. just like this woman is unknowable in certain ways
1: yeah it's almost like she will always be unknowable if you only look at it from like his sole perspective he needs other perspectives right to paint like a, a fuller picture of it but also I wanted to mention Takasuki is jealous of uh, Kafuku um, because he got to spend 20 years with her and right. And he probably knows her the best. And cause obviously Takasuku had this, these longing feelings for his wife. Um, so it's sort of this play where they're both kind of like, not really sort of jealous of, of each other in a sense, uh, but just for different reasons um, that I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, should we talk about the like story?
1: Yeah, sure. So the so the story that she starts to tell in the beginning is about this teenage girl who sneaks into her crush's room during high school, like class, because I guess he's in class, and then his mother is also a a teacher at the school, so she knows that nobody's gonna be home, and she goes in this room and just sort of like is just there, kind of snooping around, kind of just like hanging out in there, um, for probably for the thrill of it, but also because she's like aroused by this um, this feeling, but she purposefully suppresses the feeling to masturbate. Um, but what she'll do is she will leave tokens of herself, whether it's like a, I don't even know, what I can't remember what the tokens were, but she will leave something of hers there as well as take something every time that she goes. So that eventually she, like um, the guy who sleeps there will hopefully notice her, right? And figure out what's going on. And eventually, gets to. I think that's where it sort of ends with the husband. The husband, but then the the uh, Takasuki who was having the affair, um, with Oto, um, describes the story goes on. And oh, sorry. So it actually. So let me to back up for a second because I did want to mention this. So, um, so the the last sex scene where she's describing the story with her husband Oto and uh, Kafuku, she basically it's kind of funny actually she is coming up to this climax in the story where she the um the teenage girl hears something in the house like somebody's coming in the door and the door opens and somebody's walking down the hallway and right before she opens the door the climax of the story she climaxes herself Mm -hmm. right and i thought that was like an interesting little um thing at it but the story stops yeah she finishes she's done and then and then the story proceeds not with Kafuka, but with Takasuki, when he's selling him in the car, um, where it's actually an intruder, so like a, a thief. A burglar. Yeah, a burglar. Yeah. Um, and I think he... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he tries to rape her. Yeah. Right? He tries to rape her, but she fights him off and kills the burglar, right?
0: She, she stabs him in the eye?
1: Yes. Yes. Which is like another... Glaucoma. For glaucoma. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then... Now I'm realizing this is such a great fucking story. (laughs) And then, um, help me out here. I'm forgetting. Oh yeah. yeah, So the body, so he dies and she leaves the body as a token. Yes. Right. Um, and she, I think she comes to school the next day, like sort of just like anticipating, um, either like getting arrested or like something happening basically. And she sees, go ahead.
0: No, or like any bit of weirdness from her crush. Yeah, exactly. There was a body in my room. Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But she sees her crush at the school and he is acting completely normal as if nothing has changed or nothing has happened. And so she's like curious as to like, well, what the fuck? There was a dead body there. Like, why is he not being weird or why is, you know, whatever. And she strolls by the house. Then uh, I think it's either that day or the next day or something. And she notices that there is a a camera right uh, outside the house that they installed so clearly something had happened yeah a new Um,
0: new camera had been installed yeah Yeah. a
1: new camera had been installed and so clearly somebody knew that you know this this body was there whatever and i can't remember all the details and help me if i'm wrong here but basically she starts to go crazy as if like did i kill this person why is nobody saying anything why is everybody acting so normal right
0: yeah or like wanting even wanting recognition that like she did something and she is real and like, she's worth noticing. Yeah. Cause it doesn't it end with her like screaming into the like camera. Like I did it.
1: Yes. She says I killed him. I killed him or something like that. Yeah. Um, as a confession, because she, she sort of almost needs somebody to sort of confirm that that actually happened. Right. As, as opposed to her just being crazy and imagining everything. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's the end of the story.
0: Yeah. It's, it, well it might it might actually not even be the end right because doesn't the um the lover is like i, I don't know there could be more i don't that's know that's true he does say that um, does it does seem that. like an ending but it is it, yeah. i mean it's it has like a ton of thematic relevance because it's like you know her fantasizing about killing her husband because we we relate the like stabbing somebody in the eye to yeah. like blinding you know he's eventually going to be blind in his eye mm-hmm. plus there's this whole idea of like wanting to be noticed and then yeah. the man uh, Kafuku like not understanding her mm. and she's basically like you know uh matthew mcconaughey at the end of interstellar like pounding on the bookshelves like notice me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just like man i really wish i knew like knew more about this woman yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. like i'm trying to tell you something about me like this whole fucking time and you're just like not yeah. you're just not recognizing it yeah. so it's it's kind of funny that they're like they're so interested in communicating with each other but like like can't can't do it they're yeah. just like on different wavelengths so
1: do you think the burglar represented kafuku
0: because there is that scene where it's the lovers it's just like a constant parade of lovers that she's just leaving out in the open like could be that you walked in on me fucking a dude and you didn't do anything about it yeah. and you've known i've been sleeping around but you're not doing anything about it this is me like wanting i mean this sounds like i don't know if it's like a little on the nose but it's yeah, like this is me wanting attention right like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is just me acting out maybe that's a, i don't know i don't know if that's like sh- a shallow way to read it but like i don't know
1: yeah i mean it's it's Just up for putting debate, out the, bed, of, the breadcrumbs yeah i, I kind of think that he was the burglar specifically like what you mentioned because she stabs him in the eye right and he's got glaucoma on his left eye but also because um that's that scene the night before she died where they have sex he sort of forces herself himself on her not in like a not in, like, in a you know in inappropriate way but sort of like i want to have sex with you kind of thing yeah and um and obviously that it was not rape but like it's sort of one of those things like maybe she s- sort of got her inspiration from that experience um and that's kind of how i read it it's like he was the burglar and that the the crush was like this young hot actor guy that she was having sex with as well um so
0: ambiguity murakami
1: Hey man, that's what he does best.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to touch uh, quickly on um, the driver in the drive, my car. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know we were getting kind of deep in here, but yeah. um, in the, in the, in the story, it's sort of, she, she reveals that like her mother was abusive and is dead. Yes. Um, and that her father is like somewhere else in the movie their house is, like, crushed in a landslide mm-hmm. or, like, a mudslide. Yeah. Um, and she lives on Sapporo, like, really far away from where the action of the story takes yeah. place. And one of the things they do in the movie is they drive all the way to Sapporo, and it takes them, like, a week or two. Yeah. And she drives, like, all night, every night, taking breaks to sleep yeah. a little bit.
1: I think it takes – no, I think it takes, like, two days or, like, a day or so. Oh, I thought it took, like, a week. Okay. No, because he had to. he had to basically make his decision – remember? Oh, on that's the right. Play for in the, within two days or whatever. Yeah, so. after shit goes after, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we haven't talked about, but... Yeah, we'll leave that for There's the... There's a lot. We'll leave that for the audience. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but her her trauma is, like, is different, but also we get to actually visit it and see it, and she reveals that, like, she could have saved her mother's life mm-hmm. when the mudslide was coming and just chose not to because her mom was abusive and she, yeah. they hated each other kind yep. of thing. Um, and then uh, our main character, Kafuku is like, Oh, I could have saved my wife's life too. Had I just come home a little bit earlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, kind of like, this is, have you watched the new sex in the city? Of course. The exact not. same plot. No. Is it the exact yeah, same? Yeah, She plot? like goes to watch, um, this play and comes back and Chris Noth big has had a heart attack. And she's like, Oh, if I, had I if I would come home a little bit earlier, I could have saved. this. RIP. R. Same, same thing with this. So they, so
1: they just copy drive my car. Probably. I think so. Or maybe it was other way around. I think basically that's
0: right. Um <laughs> But it is, it is it is interesting that, like, they both have these traumas. And by going to see the sight of hers, she and him have this, like, communion of understanding.
1: Yeah, she is able to sort of express, sort of, like, relive those memories of what happened. And sort of express her feelings to, towards her mother in a way that, you know, he has not even been able to do about his wife. Um and I think that her doing that sort of allows him to sort of express, finally express his emotions on how he truly feels about his wife. Cause it's more like him trying to figure it out. But at the end, he sort of just breaks down and says, you know, I want to like berate her and, you know, tell her, you know, like you shouldn't be doing these things and whatever. Um, and like true feelings just sort of like pour out eventually. Cause like, the actor in this is like really great, by the way, cause he's basically this like, uh, stone face guy who like doesn't really care about anybody else, uh, throughout the entire film and finally has a, um, a moment of sort of expression here. But her story is really interesting as well, especially her past story, because like you mentioned, um, her, her mother was abusive. Her father was non-existent basically. Um, and her mother actually, actually had a mental disorder where, she would basically have multiple personalities and immediately after abuse, like physically abusing her daughter, the the driver, she would become this like eight year old or whatever it was yeah. talking like not baby speak, but like a young child speak and like sort of as a, it, as, as a defense mechanism uh, from like what she did, like the reality of like what she did essentially. Yeah. Which that was really interesting because she mentions that, Sachi was the other was the other personality of her mother um that even if she did kill her you know her mother's true personality she would also kill this personality as well yeah and that it was sort of essentially worth it to do that even though she liked the other personality but
0: it's pretty deep yeah the other personality is her only friend right and that's part of the reason why it's like it was hard for her yeah um yeah just like our you know kafuku has no friends she only had one friend yeah and it was just her mom's second personality
1: and then they became friends in the end
0: yeah so. they do because you know he leaves her his sob because yeah it, at yeah. the end we see her at like a grocery store getting groceries she drives his sob 900 um and she has a dog
1: which is interesting because that is such a weird scene to me because i'm not sure i fully understand it yeah so after the so the scene before that i think is the is the play Yeah. Right. And that I thought was going to be like that's the end, end, right? Yeah. Um, and then we have this scene where she, the driver, is masked up and she's in assumed Korea because of all the cars, right? Yeah. They're all Hyundai's. (laughs) They're all Hyundai's. I didn't notice it at first, but the second time I was like, wow, these are literally all Hyundai's.
0: And they're yeah, it's the same model, whatever. Too. Yeah. Yeah. The hatchback or smallest. Like the director's
1: like telling you, like this is fucking Korea, right? In case like somebody wouldn't know, but um and anyways yeah she's got it she's at the grocery store and everything is pandemic right everything is you've yeah. got everybody's wearing masks and everybody's got like those plastic shields in front of the cashiers and stuff and there's she's got a dog and she just sort of drives off i assume she, you know, assume she lives there and stuff but i guess korea they drive on the right hand side like we do but i guess in japan all the driving scenes are on the left hand side but the steering wheel is also on the left hand side so isn't that backwards because in england It's they drive on the left hand side, but the steering wheel is on the right hand side of the car. Well, maybe it's just because the Saab is not a. Oh, it's probably an American car or something. Yeah, Saab is Swedish, maybe. But I feel like they can just make the right hand side, or maybe they got it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was just confusing to me. Not that it matters, but... Or maybe it does matter. Maybe there's like a th- thematic element. I don't know. Can you, you get like American cars in England? Could you buy... You could... Tra- no, you couldn't like buy one there, but you could like transport it. But if you
0: got an American car in England, then you would be driving on the left. La- you, you would be. be on the left. We did that when we lived there, yeah. So maybe it's just like no one cares enough for these English people to give them like the, the right, the properly aligned cars if you're buying a foreign
1: car. Yeah, I bet you this was just like because I couldn't find a Saab, right? It's probably hard to find one especially this brand or whatever this uh model 900 or you know whatever
0: they probably asked the, this guy that lives in Falls church yeah shout out to this guy <laughs> i want to talk about this for a second because this guy who lives in Falls church owns like 15
1: it's yeah red it's, 900 it might be sobs
0: red sob 900 they're
1: all the same model and they're all getting rusted out because they're not being driven yeah and they're all parked next to each other on this one street like you know in a row yeah it's the weirdest fucking thing like he just collects them and i don't know if he works on them i don't know if he's reselling them i don't know why he needs 20 of them it's crazy (laughs) so we assume he loaned out one of his sobs for to make this movie yeah i would hope so that would just make this movie so much better if that actually was the case yeah it's hilarious (laughs) we'll put a picture of that on instagram as well um so i think we went through the majority of the big differences right um I think we talked about you know why the book and movie are so similar. I think it sort of makes sense as in in relation to like you have to keep the bones of the story um, and the tone of the tone of that story because Uh-oh. otherwise it would just be something totally different and reimagined. Um, so, Eric, was the adaptation successful?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, it took what was good about the story and it made it I think a little more alive. Yeah, and it it deepened it yeah. in a really compelling way. Even I mean, you know, there's still some ambiguity and we'll probably have to yeah. unpack that in mm-hmm. future lives yeah um but no i thought it was i thought it was definitely a success
1: definitely yeah me too i would agree and then did we like the movie i think that's pretty self-explanatory yeah you saw it twice yeah bitch, a three-hour yeah.
0: movie twice <laughs>
1: yeah it was a it was a lot
0: it's a full tired. three hours for sure yeah this is a like like a, a bladder thumper of a movie yeah yeah
1: i to. i did leave at a critical moment actually in the first time we were yeah. watching that to go to the bathroom because i had a beer and a fucking like large coke or whatever it big was mistake. big huge mistake so i had to roll out real quick and i missed the part where Sasuke basically leaves to kill that guy but i watched it again it was a very quick yeah he must have killed him quickly
0: yeah i think he just like beats him beats him up and it's happens off screen right but like yeah he dies from his injuries ultimately so i don't think he like murders him on the spot he just like Gives him a cerebral hemorrhage as well. It's
1: a very interesting scene because it's like, it's all. I think it's all one
0: take. Yeah, the the camera just like sits in front of the sob and like the three main actors come and go. Yeah, but the camera doesn't move. Right. It it's all
1: very cool. like quick, and it's like, oh, okay, he just left for a second. and He's back. Yeah. Okay, let's go. It was.
0: Okay. A, I mean, the, I think the movie was directed pretty like interestingly.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there, I wanted to mention, there's a lot of scenes where they look directly at the camera, uh, especially in the car. So the, a lot of a lot of camera placement oh, in the car scenes were yes. great because in the beginning where it's just him and his wife it's in the it's from the back seat perspective and it's like cross right so you can see mm-hmm. their face but it changes as she di- after she dies where a lot of it is in either in the passenger seat looking at him or in the back between uh Kafuku and T- uh, Takasuki where he's telling him about the story of the of the girl yeah. in the room
0: um It's like the Barry Jenkins, like look into the camera kind of.
1: Yeah. And there's certainly there's, I mean, I'm not a film scholar, so I wouldn't really know, but there's certainly something there as opposed or for like a reason to actually show it from that perspective and have them look directly into the camera, as opposed to like off, you know, just off camera or whatever, whatever it's called. We'd have to bring Charlie on the podcast to get him to explain it to us. Good directors
0: have reasons for doing things. Yeah, exactly.
1: So no, but I agree. He's definitely great direction. So hot takes eric you go first
0: oh yeah um i'm gonna go hot wire one of those red sobs that's in false church that's my hot take <laughs> I, I want one now it's dope my car stinks I, I can upgrade a little bit
1: Well, we're gonna go get pho with victor after this so we might as well hot wire on the way exactly that's yes okay do you know how to do that or no i'll learn no. i think it's on google yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna google it and then my hot take is uh for Geneva and to need to adopt a murakami just for my own personal reasons, cause it would have to be like the most sci-fi, Murakami. Yeah. So the one Q eighty four is pretty. I've like I started reading that and I got like a third of the way through and I stopped. But like that is rel. That's like within the realm of it. So. Oh,
0: what's he? So he's doing Dune 2, and then he's doing the what's the the Rama? What's the, what's uh, the rendezvous with Rama? Rendezvous I think he's with
1: also Rama. directing something called or like a Cleopatra.
0: I'm out on that one. Yeah. Me too. Um. Okay. Movie or book? Uh, movie. Yeah. I'm also going movie here. Yeah
1: um no surprise it's just more it's just more to unpack it was yeah that was better more well done yeah final thoughts uh i'm just gonna remember the red sob for reasons that we've already discussed yeah that's it's it's so funny it just stuck out to me i don't know just because we have that that you know that story of the guy in Falls church we should try to get him on the pod maybe we should leave him a note i don't know know what house is he in like that's your question 40
0: sobs so like it's the only place you can park 40 sobs all the way down the street yeah what if he lives
1: in like nashville
0: yeah right this is just where he leaves the sobs
1: (laughs) i'm surprised i haven't towed them yet like how could like if you're a neighbor of that guy you're like fuck this guy like i have friends coming over there's no house there
0: you know it's just like there is it's just well there's like a house on the end and then where the sobs are parked is just like forest
1: it's like yeah it's on both sides yeah yeah i don't know well let's go knock on this yeah we'll find that's,
0: we'll see if that guy lives there yeah uh, the first paragraph about women being bad drivers oh yeah <laughs> i was just like what okay
1: you just you relate to it
0: no <laughs> i was like I, okay we're going there
1: yeah because in the you know, movie it was eye-opening
0: um in the movie he is like a little bit cautious about the driver yes. like driving his car and he's like, oh, you will electrical. And you know, yeah, yeah. it's not so easy. And she's like, I got it.
1: Yeah. He is. He's is certainly reluctant to have her drive it. The driver drive it at first. And he also makes fun of his wife. Not makes fun, but like. Yeah. He comments on her driving. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a joke. Like tongue in cheek kind of thing. But you're not really sure because he's like yeah. stone face. Yeah. So. But I think she took it as a joke. So. I think it's safe to assume. Yeah. Hopefully it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. So we're going to sign off here. Thank you for listening. If you've been, if you're still with us, um, check out our most recent episode of Dune Part One, I should say. Um, That is up and everywhere uh, you listen to podcasts. And then keep an eye out for our next episode, which is going to be The Power of the Dog. Uh, Really great reviews on the Netflix. Benedict Cumberbatch,
0: yeah, join Kirsten Dunst, um, Jane Campion, right? Director, not champion but Campion. Yeah, Yeah. I'm forgetting the actor's name who plays Landry in Friday Night Lights, but he's there. Okay. Uh, Western Netflix.
1: Yeah, yep. should be good. Yeah, I think we're reading it now. So best picture frontrunner, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I saw
0: that. So, get some culture. Watch the best picture movie on Netflix. Weep.
1: I just watched a Japanese movie. I got fun That's true. Culture. That's culture. That's
0: What's up? up? I was not talking to you. Oh yeah, listen to yeah.
1: Get some culture. Yeah. yeah I'll
0: need this. To, watch this movie actually. See if you can find it.
1: Yeah, or just go to the theater. Well, yeah. you know, say, you wear, a be safe. <laughs> wear a mask. Wear a mask. And then uh, any shout outs.
0: No, just a sob just sob guy born from jazz <laughs>
1: that's me shout out sob yeah we're looking to a great uh partnership for years to come yeah hopefully and
0: follow the instagram we'll, we'll start putting some yeah some, fun content some up social there. media stuff yeah cool
1: all right well thanks eric appreciate it we'll uh, see you next time